It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 on a football Friday, a day that will go down in the history of the Washington Commanders as hopefully a great one. Everything that we have heard about new Commanders general manager Adam Peters has been pretty darn impressive. And we are going to start the show with someone who knows him quite well. In fact, we're going to start the show with the man who gave Adam Peters his first job in the NFL. Scott Pioli, former NFL executive, really one of the most accomplished executives in the league in the last quarter century, now an analyst for the NFL Network, joins us to start off this Friday Hoffman Show. Scott, thank you for your time. Welcome to the show. Greg, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Always excited to talk about one of my former quote-unquote young guys, if you call that still. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's still he's still uh, you know pretty young guy. Uh, someone that, of course, Josh Harris is anticipating having around here in D.C. for quite a while. I, of course, do want to take a trip in the wayback machine, but I'd be remiss if I didn't just start with your reaction to the Washington Commanders, a team that was owned by Daniel Snyder one year ago, still now hiring the guy that everybody wanted with Josh Harris in charge. Yeah, well, first of all, you know, personally, I'm really excited for Adam. Um, again, I've known him for so long, and I'm just happy for him and his family. And, and you know, and, and I'm also quite honestly excited for Washington. Uh, I have so much respect for that franchise, um, even though I grew up a fan of a certain team north of you guys uh, up in <laughs> New York. Um, I, I've always loved the franchise and always respected the franchise. And I'm excited and I'm truly hopeful that this works out well for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it is certainly an exciting day. One of the most exciting days uh, outside of the sale um, that we've had here in Washington in regards to the football team in a long time. So take us back. Take us back to when you hire Adam Peters. What stuck out about him as a young man and how quickly once you got him in the building there in New England did you realize, like, this guy, this guy might grow into something pretty significant one day in this league? Well, going to the Wayback Machine, as you like to call it, I, you know, so I met Adam back in 2002, actually, Um you know, I, Bill and I had left the Jets in in very early January of 2000, and we were in in New England. And even though I was the vice president of player personnel and the head of the personnel department, I was still a firm believer that in that role, the general manager slash vice president of player, you still need to scout. You still need to be boots on the ground, not only to evaluate talent and see talent, um, but also to just to be amongst your scouts. So while I was out there, you know, talent acquisition is players. You're thinking about coaches and you're thinking about possible future employees. So when I was out there in 2002 scouting, I met Adam. Adam was, um, you know, he had done two years, played West Valley Junior College for a couple of years, and then walked on at UCLA as a defensive end. You know, he, he didn't play, caught a little action on special teams. But um, he had finished his his eligibility and was a graduate assistant coach. And, you know, I got to meet him. You always, as a, as a visitor, you always get to meet graduate assistants. Um, they're usually the ones that have to show you around, give you what you need, and, and, and kind of take care of you. So I met Adam, and there were a number of things I liked about him. Um, you, you know, part of when you meet folks like that, you get to know them, you talk to them, you also – you're evaluating him, right? And that was something that I always did. And he stayed in touch with me. We stayed in touch. He only did one year as a graduate assistant at UCLA. And, you know, I, I'm a big believer 
in, in hiring young people and developing when you see certain elements about them um, and you think that they can be developed and grow into something, you hire them. And, and, and I'll say this about Adam. You know, when I met him, here's a guy, again, played high school football, then went to a junior college because he wanted to play Division One football. And he doesn't get a scholarship at UCLA, and he walks on and plays there for two years. And here's what I'll say about walk-ons at Division One schools. Those guys go through it, man. It, yeah. it is a it is tough sledding. And if you don't love football, it's a full-time job, right? And if you don't love football, you're probably not going to last. It, you know, he wasn't getting a scholarship, so he wasn't getting paid to do it. He was lining up every single day and paying to do it. That told me a little bit of something, you know, a little bit of something about him. And next year when I had a position open, uh, I, I, I offered him a job and hired him. Wow, that's a that's a great story. By the way, speaking of uh, UCLA guys, uh, my my buddy Logan Paulson, uh, who I do a podcast with, and will join us later in the show, says hello, Scott. I love uh, Logan. He's he's the best. I'm lucky enough to to get to work with him multiple times per week. I just now am imagining like Adam Peters and Logan Paulson. They didn't they wouldn't have crossed in UCLA timeline wise, but if they had them just banging helmets, uh, instead Adam uh, was one of the people that helped bring Logan to San Francisco uh, when when Logan went uh, when Kyle went. So um, the, yeah, the connections in with, the league are crazy. I was with logan in atlanta and yeah love logan and please tell him hello later on you know he and adam have different styles i'll say that you've seen uh, pictures of adam adam yeah. dresses a little bit different than logan I, you know i think they're you know the, the, one guy's going to, to high countries <laughs> and, get his gear and, and and adam's getting his suits tailored for sure <laughs> yeah without question uh probably similar football styles very different personal styles um when you think that's actually one of the questions football style that i wanted to ask you about adam peters uh scott pioli is with us uh, of course now an nfl network analyst one of the most accomplished uh, front office guys in the last 25 years in the nfl up in new england uh, and you can catch him on nfl networks game day mornings airing saturday at noon and sunday at 9 a.m this playoff weekend but when you think about like a football philosophy what would you say mm -hmm. Adams football philosophy is and how can he apply that as a lead guy and shape this commander's organization which is a pretty darn blank slate at the moment yeah he, here's what I would hope it is you know Adam he was very impressionable he came so one thing that we had in place in New England was a process and a system it was a process of evaluation and acquiring talent that fit what the culture was. And the culture is head coach driven. It doesn't matter who's the boss, whether it's a general manager or the head coach. The bottom line is the team becomes the head coach's team. So one thing that Adam saw firsthand during his initial years in the league is when I led the personnel department, we went out and found players that fit what Bill Belichick wanted. And Bill wanted big, smart, strong, tough football players that were disciplined and did things a certain way. And if they didn't fit the head coach's personality, they probably weren't going to last and, or they probably weren't going to develop. So here's what I know about Adam. Adam understands that. And he understands that he, regardless, his role is to find and acquire talent, draft it, sign it, get it under contract and help the head coach develop them. And I think Adam's philosophy is he, he knows what wins in this league. He's seen it in New England. He's seen it in San Francisco. He knows what wins in the league. And he also knows that the most important part of a general manager and someone who acquires talent is to humble themselves 
and make sure that they're finding the talent that fits the head coach's needs and what the scheme's needs are. And obviously uh, his first task here will be helping to hire a head coach. Um, You'd have to imagine like a Ben Johnson, a Bobby Slowick, uh, two guys that are are similarly molded to what he's been working with in San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan would be on his radar. Um, Are those two names that make sense to you? And is there anyone else that, that would really pop for you? There's other names. I, I mean, those names and other names. But I, I think, you know, one of the most important things that you can't get caught up in names and recency bias of of success, because mm. you have to bring in someone who, again, that you believe in their offensive philosophy, their defensive philosophy, but also make sure that they can lead a team. Just because someone's a good play caller doesn't mean that they're going to be a head coach. We've seen that time and time again. Now there are obviously some people that are good play callers that become head coaches. There have been some very good defensive coaches that have become head coaches. So I think the most important thing is making sure that they have aligned values on what they believe their locker room should look like, what their locker room needs to be like. And that, again, they have to be aligned in their football vision, their character vision, and what they believe is going to work. And um, you don't necessarily have to be best friends, but you have to be able to know how to get along. So the relationship becomes really important because (laughs) here's the truth. You you talk about these, quote, unquote, you know, relationships that become like marriages. The truth is the, the general manager and the head coach, they end up spending more time together than they do with their actual spouses. So these relationships, and then there's the the highs of the winning and the lows of the losing, where you know the personalities, um, and, and and the people are put under a lot of strain and stress, and they have to make sure that they can maintain their loyalty to one another while pursuing the vision. Scott Pioli with us, former NFL executive, now current NFL Network analyst. Um, great perspective. And and one more question for you, Scott, on the sure. way out here. The commanders have this number two pick, um, and it is obviously a massive piece. Number two pick always is. This is a loaded draft. It's a loaded quarterback draft. So Mm -hmm. knowing Adam like you do and the team-building philosophy and, frankly, being someone who helped him shape his team-building philosophy as as the guy who gave him his first job in the league, like any any initial thoughts on what Adam is going to be looking at um, whether it's specific of like, oh, yeah, Drake May or Caleb Williams or one of these guys like fits what Adam loves or kind of more on a philosophical level where he would probably be uh, inclined to lean with that number two pick once he really gets to work on it. Yeah, I, I think it's too early, quite honestly, Craig. And, and hopefully what he did learn was part of our philosophy that he, he, here's what everyone knows. This football team, meaning the Washington Commanders, needs a lot of players. It's not all going to get done in one year. It's not all going to get done in two years. What you're going to need to do is maximize your player acquisition model, whether that's free agency, whether that's trade, whether that's waivers, and, of course, the draft. One of the things that we were big, big believers on in that Adam saw firsthand was collecting a bunch of draft currency. Because here's the reality. You're going to miss. We're all going to miss. And you more often miss than you hit, even the greatest of GMs. So the more opportunities, the more swings that you have at the plate, the more chance you have to be correct. Now, there may be someone, you know, at where they're picking that they feel they can't move past. But if they – here's the other thing I tried to teach Adam and hopefully, you know, is that there's the player evaluation part of the process, then there's the draft strategy part of the process. And the draft strategy part – comes in as we get closer to the draft. Make sure you get your board right. Make sure you get the evaluations right. 
But when it comes down to the strategy, know where you can move to in order to collect, again, draft collateral, draft currency, and move back and get as many picks as you can if there's someone that you think you can move back to get. So if there's a quarterback they fall in love with that's that's at the spot but they think they can get to five, think of all the draft picks they may be able to get by moving back one, two, or three spots. So, uh, again, to to get too excited of who the right guy is, who they're going to pick, I think he'll have to get in, assess his roster, and and start working on the evaluation part of his own team, the draft board, free agency, and then start thinking about the strategy. No doubt. It's exciting day, but a lot of work to do. Isn't ahead. it awesome? This is like a great, it, it, it's so funny that it, it's sad when some of these chapters end for folks. It really is because I've been yeah. fired too. But then every time someone new gets hired, there's like this rebirth and hope, hopefulness and optimism. So I'm really, really happy for the commanders and Washington city, Washington, DC for sure. Yeah. And it is a, a hopefully Phoenix rising from the ashes here, uh, even more so than other places, the dramatic nature of the rise, uh, just because it's been pretty low here, Scott, uh, in terms of the football. Yeah. The yeah. Last, See, but I, I remember know, the old Washington teams. Yeah. Growing up as a Giant fan, I had to put up with Larry Brown and Chris Hamburger yeah. and all those guys that used to beat down my New York Giants. So. So I get it. <laughs> hey, here in D.C., we're just happy Wink Martindale's gone in New York. That dude is, even though they haven't won a bunch of games, that dude has terrorized every Washington team since he's been in New York. It's been awful. If I see another <laughs> Giants blitz, I think I might, you know, I don't even know. Uh, anyway, Scott Pioli uh, on NFL Network's game day morning, Saturday at noon, Sunday at 9 a.m. And uh, hopefully back on this show sh- soon. Scott, that was phenomenal. Thank you so much for your time on a busy day, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. No, thanks for having me, and really, I hope you guys enjoy it, and I hope he does a great job for you all. Thanks so much, Scott. Yeah, that is Scott Pioli with us here on the Hoffman Show. What a start on the day the Commanders hire their new GM, and really in earnest start the football portion of the Josh Harris era. I'll give you some more thoughts over the next hour, and then we have an unbelievable slew of guests joining us starting again at 5 o'clock. Scott's certainly a part of that. But we have perspective from San Francisco. Nick Wagner, ESPN.com, will join us more on Adam Peters and what he built in San Francisco, the role he played. Logan Paulson will join us at 6 o'clock. Again, uh, as we mentioned, uh, they're in the middle with Scott. Logan for Adam Peters in San Francisco. Knowing him, they got a lot of mutual friends in the NFL. Really good stuff uh, in chatting a little bit off air with Logan earlier, coming on air at 6 p.m. And then at 6.30, totally different spin on the day's news. Eben Novi Williams, our friend from Sportico, remember he's the one who broke the story that Josh Harris was even initially buying the commanders on Harris and kind of the processes, processes that he's implemented and how Harris has been ahead in a lot of ways of other owners in sports. Really great show, including your phone calls at 301-230-0980. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. What a start. The Hoffman Show, we're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. How good was Scott Pioli, former NFL executive, uh, obviously the the Patriots, the Falcons, the Chiefs, um, did a bunch of winning, winning a bunch of uh, – or winning a couple Super Bowls with Belichick and them in New England. Um, but he, for our purposes today, Pioli is a guy I would have loved to have today to talk Belichick. And I was going to do some Belichick stuff today. Uh, and then the 40 or then the, uh, the commanders went ahead and hired Adam Peters. Uh, just, yeah, nope, not going to wait till next week. 
J.B. Finley, you went on Hoffman show yesterday and said next Wednesday. No, 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 no. We don't mess around. We're doing this right now. We are, we are on it. Uh, so the Friday after Black Monday, the Friday of the week of Black Monday, the commanders already have their guy, Josh Harris, putting the rapid in rapid but thorough and landing Adam Peters to be general manager. So I'll get into kind of, I think, a bigger picture look at this in, at the bottom of the hour, and we'll start taking some of your phone calls then as well uh, at 301-230-0980. But I do want to start uh, just with some of the, the blocking and tackling. Um, for those of you that may have been in, at work and you're getting out, you're riding home on your Friday, and it's like, all right, Craig, catch me up on this and, and, and underscoring some points that I think are really important. First, I would say it's actually a little bit surprising that he is the general manager. Um, I kind of thought they were going to hire a vice president of football operations and have that be the lead guy and leave room for a general manager underneath. Um, Not that they were necessarily going to get both Peters and Ian Cunningham, their top two guys. I just think Cunningham's going to get another job. Ian Cunningham, within the next three weeks, is going to be the general manager somewhere, I would imagine. Um, there's like three or four jobs open. Um, there's more that could come open. You know, I, I think sometimes we forget about that, especially when we don't cover playoff teams. Sad. Um, that teams fire coaches and fire GMs after the playoffs. And Dallas obviously was not going to fire their GM because that's Jerry Jones. Uh, neither is Philadelphia, for instance. But there could be two more coach op- openings um, or one or two more if, if both those teams were to lose this weekend. There's rumblings at Sirianni, which is crazy because he was in the Super Bowl last year. Um, but that Sirianni could be in trouble because of how this season has ended. Um, the Eagles have been pretty relentless on that front in the past, and obviously Jerry Jones has been pretty steadfast over the last couple of, or the last year when he didn't fire McCarthy after a 12-win season. That it's about what happens in the playoffs. So if they were to drop in the first round after another 12-win season, I think McCarthy could be in trouble in Dallas. Um, but I don't know if there's any of these teams where the GM job could come open. Regardless, those teams aren't going to land Adam Peters. Um, And that's really significant. To get this done now, you prevent any new players from coming in, and you kind of beat everyone else to the punch, Um, every every team that is looking. You know, is Atlanta, for instance, who a lot of uh, people around the league really like as a job, is Atlanta, who held on to Terry Fontenot when they fired Arthur Smith, going to hire a new head coach who they give more power, and that guy's going to be like, I don't really want to work with Terry Fontenot. well, if they do, Adam Peters ain't, a, ain't an option for them. So that's something that's really important. As for the actual GM job, um, or the, the title being what it is, I think it does two things. Um, one, it it's surprising because it is a job that Peters theoretically could have had in San Francisco. Um, that job is vacant right now um, in terms of title. Obviously, John Lynch is the guy running the show. Um, but Peters has a lot of say and a lot of power, and they could have given him a little bit more power and a more public-facing role. And they could say, hey, Adam's going to be the one that does the press conferences and stuff now, even if everything still kind of runs a little bit through John. Um, and they didn't. San Francisco didn't offer him that. Or if they, or he might have told them, like, hey, I'm, like, I'm ready to do my own thing. You guys can't. Um, so I appreciate the, the offer, but like, I'm, going, I'm going somewhere else, and Washington's where I want to go. Um, But what it also does by hiring him at the GM level, not at the VP level, is mean it means that when Team X in two years is looking for a vice president or a president of football operations, Washington has room to give him a promotion. And that's really important. 
Um, do you, you don't want to overhire just for the sake of it. You know, you, cause you might say, well, then why not just give it to him now? Why? Josh Harris just spent so much money on this team. He's not trying to overpay people. Like he's going to pay people a lot of money. Money is not going to be an issue, but he's not going to overpay. You don't become a billionaire by being that generous. Come on. Um, yet you have to be savvy on the business side of it and pay people what they're worth, pay people enough to get who you want, but not overpay where you're just like handing away money for nothing. And certainly titles as well, because you want to, you want to give people something to work to. Um, you want to give kind of that, that, uh, ability to have upward mobility. And then, you know, Adam Peters is still a relatively young guy. You know, if, if Adam Peters is here long enough to be in his sixties and he's then in the president role, like, okay, dude, you can be in the president role for however many years you want until you retire. Cool. Got it. Um, and that would be great if that's what happens. If Adam Peters is here for 25 years and, and eventually kind of graduates out of the day-to-day scouting role uh, and, and the GM job and is in a more of an overseer and some new young guy comes in 15 years from now, um, that would be, that'd be amazing. Um, and he goes through three different job promotions between now and then from vice president to executive vice president and then ultimately president. But what it does is it gives you flexibility. And then the other thing that it does um, is it actually gives you the ability to bring in someone over Adam Peters if you want. And that's something that I haven't seen anywhere yet. But a couple of us heard the name Don Aponte. Um, Don is currently a higher up in the NFL league office. And like if she was the lead person, she wasn't going to be a scout like that's not her background she has a cap and accounting background she's been around football operations a lot but if you wanted to bring in someone like don to and whether immediately or in the future if you think adam peters you know let's say he gets in there and maybe he needs a little bit of help in a certain area from an organizational standpoint if you wanted to bring in a person higher that's not going to be your lead executive that's not going to be the person picking the players from a pure football sense but can can better organize the departments and how they work together at someone who is, you know, help make sure that your cap people work most efficiently with your, your analytics people who work most efficiently with your general manager, with your coaching staff, with your nutrition people, with your strength staff, with everyone. You could still hire someone above Adam Peters without undercutting him from a pro personnel and a college personnel, really what he's here to do, be a talent evaluator and build a team standpoint. So really excellent job. This is absolute, in my opinion, best case scenario for the commanders in terms of structure. Um, My guess is they paid Adam Peters quite a bit of money. It's not my money. I don't care. Uh, But they gave him a job that, that allows for some flexibility for him, allows flexibility for the organization. Um, and now we'll see not only how he builds out his his front office. I'd imagine, by the way, um, I know he did work with Martin Mayhew out in San Francisco. I'd imagine that Martin's not going to take a demotion, nor do I think that Adam Peters, frankly, is going to want to keep Martin Mayhew um, based off of some of the, the early reporting. Um, but, you know, he'll build out, hire his own assistant GM, probably eventually a vice president of pro and college personnel, a director of college scouting on down the list, and then some of the commanders, people that are here now that are highly thought of, that maybe their voices haven't been heard uh, or listened to as much in the past. Um, Do they stay on as scouts or different things? Um, They'll certainly be on through the NFL draft, and then typically the the Black Monday uh, in terms of front offices tends to be that day after the NFL draft in May. So obviously keep our eyes out 
for then. Uh, as for right now, what does this mean for the Washington Commanders to hire Adam Peters? I think it's a tremendously significant day uh, for reasons beyond the obvious that they got a really good talent evaluator. Uh, tell you why next. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app on a just monumental day for the Washington Commanders, hiring Adam Peters as their new general manager. Now, I will admit, uh, saying it's a monumental day does feel a bit preemptive on some level. We have no idea how Adam Peters is going to do in this job. Everyone seems to think this guy's the perfect guy for it, that he has the demeanor, he has the scouting acumen, he's got the relationships. Um, he understands, to me, what is the most important thing that a front office person can understand, which is... Um, as Scott Pioli put it, like you kind of work for the head coach, even if the head coach works for you, they have to implement the stuff. And it, it, by the way, this is this is true on some level um, down chain regardless. Right. Like the head coach serves the GM the, uh, or sorry, the, the GM serves the head coach. The head coach serves the coordinators. Like one thing that I've learned from doing the podcast with Logan is how much say a coordinator has over the actual X's and O's in the football, and thus what you need from a roster standpoint. Now, with the modern head coach being what it is, your Shanahan's Kyle, your O'Connell's Kevin, etc., uh, etc., et Sean McVay, Mike McDaniels, uh, on down the list of guys who are combo head coach coordinators, that obviously becomes a little bit easier, a little bit more direct uh, in terms of what you're searching for. But Ultimately, like players don't play football in a in like they don't play fantasy football and they don't play sandlot football. They are playing in highly organized, highly orchestrated structures, aka scheme, aka uh, a system. And if you don't have players whose skill sets fit the system, I don't care what their forty time is. And it's not me being obtuse about like athleticism, but like. In some systems, that speed really matters in a way that's different than other systems, and it's dependent on position. And, you know, I think we've seen it here with the offensive line. This O-line was built to run block, and they ran a pass-heavy system. And thus, they looked really bad when they weren't actually probably as bad if you're running what they run in Atlanta. Um, Caleb McGarry is a great example of this. Um, we used him as an example the other day on the pod. Caleb McGarry was graded as one of the worst right tackles in football a couple of years ago. And it was because he was asked to pass block all the time. Dude is a road grader. And so all of a sudden he goes to Atlanta and Arthur Smith runs the football as much as pretty much anybody. And he's grading in the nineties on PFF every week. Why? Because he's asked to do things he's good at and they limit the times that he has to do things he's bad at. And he found a place where that was possible and that his skill set was needed and warranted and appreciated. And it sounds like Adam Peters understands that in a major way, and he's helped do it to serve a coach like Bill Belichick. He's helped do it to serve the coaches that he was with in Denver uh, and surround Peyton Manning uh, with, with what he needed. And obviously he's been a big part of drafting this unbelievable roster in San Francisco that just got named or just had seven AP All Pros named to it. The Washington Commanders have had one in recent memory. His name is Brandon Sheriff, and he ain't here anymore. So that is all very encouraging and good. And when I talk about, like, Adam Peters is a good hire, there's that. 
But I think there's actually an even bigger, higher level to this that is obviously very, very significant. And that higher level is the Washington Commanders and Josh Harris got their guy now. Like, he said thorough uh, but rapid, and he got his guy by Friday. And that guy wasn't even willing to interview other places a year ago. He's like, look, if I'm leaving San Francisco, where I got it pretty good, and by the way, the rumors were by the end of the season, like, I, I, I said on this show, like, I don't think that Adam Peters is going to leave San Francisco. Don't get your hopes up, but it's worth a try. Josh Harris got him by Friday. Done. He was the guy. And whether it was like, I mean, talk about being pointed with who you use, I mean, to evaluate, but also the connections, like, to high, to be, to, for Josh Harris to probably know, hey, Adam Peters is who I want. He's ev- everyone says this is the guy. I need to make sure, but I'm going to get Bob Myers who has a personal relationship with him to help me because I have that kind of network and I can get Bob Myers to come. Like that probably helped a lot. And again, when you're, when you're the guy, when you're, you are the one that everyone wants in social settings, in, work settings, in any place where we're talking about supply and demand. If you're the one in demand, you got options. And so while, yes, Harris and the commanders were interviewing Adam Peters, he was also interviewing them. Because if he didn't like what he saw and heard here, he could have gotten any other open job or probably gone into the offices in San Francisco and said, hey, give me a new contract, a new title, and pay me more. That's how coveted this guy is. He could have used the commanders for leverage. He could have gone to other jobs. And he didn't do any of that. Dude interviewed here and was like, I'm good. I want to work for those guys. I want to work for Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, Magic Johnson. Sick. Sign me up. I'll build it from scratch. Let's go. And the idea. That less than a year ago, this team was owned by Daniel M. Snyder. And we spent summers tracking yachts as he was dodging congressional subpoenas. And we spent time having to deal with all of the stuff that he brought onto this organization. And by the way, 24 years of total unbelievable incompetence. Like... This dude couldn't get out of his own way if he tried. And that's the same organization. And a year later, less than a year later, he bought the thing in July. We're here in January, and they got Peters? Even if he doesn't turn out, that's already a win. The status of this organization, the the light that it is seen in, We've got proof now. Washington is back. It's going to take time to rebuild it on the field. But from a prestige standpoint, as a crown jewel franchise of the NFL, the fact that they already got Adam Peters, to me, says Washington is back. And that is a testament to all of you listening who are Commanders fans 
who I don't want to say just who stuck by it. Because if you boycotted and helped get Snyder out, or you just didn't care while Dan was here because you knew it was crap, that's fine. You didn't hurt anything. The point is you came back. This thing that you cared about, that you have the memories of going with your parents to RFK, or even to FedEx. Those memories probably aren't as happy based off the timelines of things. But whatever it is that you showed when we threw the Burgundy and sold party all the way through the preseason, all the way through basically until the team started losing so much that it's like, okay, we'll probably try again next year. But the fact that you made that statement to sell out every single game at FedEx Field this year, which Josh Harris is trying to make a better experience but hasn't been able to do too much yet because, again, he bought the team in July. The fact that there is that much interest, that much history, that much all the good stuff, that this guy comes in, And don't get it twisted. Who Josh Harris is is really important, too. It's not just that he's not Dan Dan Snyder. It's that he is Josh Harris. And he is incredibly highly thought of in sports circles. Is really, really encouraging, to say the least. And the idea that, yes, if, if our digital department pulls this segment and writes it up, and they put the headline, Craig Hoffman declares Washington is back. Am I going to get clowned by a bunch of people on Twitter? Probably because they just went four and 13. They haven't even done anything about the roster yet because they can't. And we're a long way, presumably from Adam Peters, even in best case scenario, building a team that can get, let's say at least two years, if not longer from really building what we think this team can be from a football standpoint. But they landed Adam Peters in five days. Don't tell me that almost any other team. The Cowboys could do that. The Giants might be able to do that. Are there others? Sure. But this team wasn't one of those teams seven months ago. Pretty cool. It's the Hoffman Show. And now, Vic, we're <coughs> choking. You all right there, man? I'm not getting choked up and emotional. I literally am choking. Wow. I, I, I can't help you from over here, though, unfortunately. Oh, I'm like, do you need to say, honestly, Vic, can you cancel the trending? Because I don't know if I can do it. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll cancel that. We already right, know what's uh, trending around the world, right? <laughs> we already know. Yeah, they hired Adam Peters. There uh, you go. We'll take your calls on that, and then Nick Wagner will join us at 5 o'clock. I'm going to go find my voice, uh, and we'll take your calls next. Holy crap. (laughs) It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. It's a football Friday presented by your local Honda dealer. Experience power, performance, and ruggedness with Honda. See your local Honda dealer. Also uh, worth mentioning... Uh, if you're just joining us, we have so much stuff happening right now, Vic. This is this is insane. I feel I've used this phrase a bunch today. I've used it with you off air. I'm gonna I'm gonna now let the audience in behind the curtain. I feel like I've been drinking from a fire hose since 11:30. Yeah, I mean your your day has been jam packed, and we've been only on the air for 45 minutes essentially. What did I tell you yesterday when we were leaving that I was gonna do what today? Uh, you were at you the remember? gym. 
right? Well, no, no, no. It wasn't even that. I mean, yeah, that, that is part of my Friday. But right. I told you because I, I did a bad job yesterday. Vic is obviously filling in for Anthony. He'll be back on Tuesday. And I did a really bad job of communicating with Vic yesterday. There's oh. just a lot of stuff happening. And um, I could have done a better job of keeping Vic in the loop. Um, and so I said, hey, man, I'll be in touch way earlier tomorrow. Like, that was a bad job by me. Unprofessional. Not not good enough. And um, I, Vic didn't hear from me till at least 2 p.m. today. Because <laughs> yeah, but- I just – I, I did go to the gym this morning. A piece of me died there because that's the workout that I do on Fridays. And then I got home, and by the time, like, I kind of regained consciousness from whatever the hell hell I went through, um, they announced the news. And I was like, oh, God. Started sending email. Like, you got CC'd on emails before you heard from me, like, directly. Yeah. I was like, what, what are these emails coming from? Oh, this seems very important. Yeah, um, and then we actually recorded a fitness podcast. I actually felt terrible. I was just like on Twitter trying to read stuff, trying to you know read articles, catch up on the news, book guests, and uh, my my fitness podcast co-host, uh, my buddy Chris Gores, uh, he texts me at twelve oh eight, and he's like, "I'm on," aka, "Hey, I'm in the the virtual studio." You idiot! We said we're recording at noon. Where are you? And I was like, "I'm so sorry. This news has <laughs> knocked me on my ass. Can you give me fifteen minutes to shower?" So we recorded that, and then I started recording interviews for this show, and just absolute chaos. How many podcasts do you do? I feel like you do like 18. No, just two. Take okay. Command and then The Train with the Bus. It feels uh, like a lot, five. though. But I also, like, Fridays I do uh, DC News Now. So, like, I had to do a TV hit. Um, and then CK had to call me about something for Super Bowl week. And just a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a, it a lot. But you know what? We are dedicated. Yes, sir. To, to giving you the best coverage of the news, which, of course, is that Adam Peters uh, is the new general manager of the Washington Commanders. And, uh, of course, we will be talking about this uh, a lot and what he does, uh, including at 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 Live, uh, or versus the Team 980 Live, as we all hit the stage together for a night of sports, debate, laughs, and behind-the-scenes stories. Friday, February 2nd at 8 p.m. at the Bethesda Theater uh, we're talking about what Adam Peters and the commanders will do with free agency with that number two pick, how quickly he can build it. Uh, obviously, it'll be right before the Super Bowl, so we'll give some picks and stuff as well. All of us off air, on stage, uncensored, and it's presented by Main Street Bank. Cheer local, bank local. Put their team in your office. Visit mstreetbank.com for more information and visit bethesdatheater.com to get your tickets today. All right, uh, back in... July, when Josh Harris bought the Washington Commanders, he made reference to something that I thought that the the two parts of this clip in light of the news today, hilariously almost don't go together. Harris on the prestige of the Washington franchise that he had just purchased. This is all going to take time. The opportunity is unbelievable. I mean, the Commanders used to be the number one it's hard to imagine, and I've seen the numbers, right? The Commanders were the number one franchise in the NFL uh, back when they were the Redskins, and even after that, uh, not, da- not the Dallas Cowboys, the Washington Redskins, the Washington Commanders. And what's funny is, Vic, can you play the first, you know, sentence of that again? This is all going to take time. The oh, so now here we are in January after you said that in July, and you just hired the number one GM on the market. The best candidate on the market, by the way, not just this year, but the last two years probably. The guy that people wanted last year that said no to everybody. And you're like, come on down. Again. 
this sounds so homerish. I get it. I think people know that I'm not. I'm an optimist. I'm not a homer. I will, if I think something stupid, I will say that as vociferously if I think something smart. And I'm also not telling you that hiring Adam Peters guarantees anything. I'm just saying that this is as good as you could do. That on the front end of this, maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe Peters is better as a number two than a number one. That his skill set doesn't translate to building an organization. But for everything that we've heard, and you'll hear more from a guy who's covered him up close and thinks he's going to be pretty good, and Nick Wagner from ESPN coming up at the top of the hour in Not My Beat. But assuming that he is who everyone says he is, they'll be a competitive team within the next five years. It's going to be hard because you have to either get everything right and kind of quarterback, or you have to nail quarterback. They have the golden opportunity with this number two pick, but it's only as golden as you are in, in the draft, right? Like if the Wizards had gotten that one more ping pong ball, they'd be their rebuild would be on a totally different timeline because they would have gotten Victor Wembanyama. Instead, some years you get the number one pick and it's Anthony Bennett. In hindsight, it should have been Giannis Antetokounmpo, but we didn't know that at the time. He was playing in the second Greek league. That's the thing. Like, you don't need to... It, it seems like this, this is an amazing situation because you have the number two pick and a deep quarterback draft. But shoot, if you're number two... Who cares if there's five quarterbacks? You just need two great ones or one great one and the team ahead of you to pick the wrong one. So it's about your pick. You know, the, the obviously Watson's complicated, but the Watson-Mahomes draft, like, nobody cares. Like, you think the Chicago Bears care that that was an all-time great quarterback draft? No, they drafted Mitchell Trubisky. And do you think the Chiefs care that Mitchell Trubisky went second? Hell no. So it's about getting it right. There's a lot of work to do. There's so much, so much work to do. And it's not just at quarterback, but it, it definitely, that is, if you can get that right, it goes farther than any other piece. But as for today, the thought I leave you with on hour one of this here Hoffman show, an hour that started with Scott Pioli, the man who hired Adam Peters first in the NFL, gave him his first scouting job in New England, an interview that was very, very good. And if you missed it, I would highly recommend checking out on our podcast, which Vic will be putting up uh, when the hour is over. You can't, you can't podcast before the hour is over. That's not how podcasting works. But Vic is very, very good. Slick Vic Ferreira, that's a name he's earned for a reason. Uh, in this case, Quick Vic Ferreira. Um, he will have that up uh, shortly. So if you miss Pioli, um, you can check out the podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you get your pods, uh, or, of course, on the free Odyssey app, uh, probably shortly after 5 o'clock. Um, but... Well, the thought I leave you with is this. You can't do more today than you can do today. You can't go fix quarterback today. You can't fix the roster today. All they could do today is hire the very best candidate they thought to be their general manager. And they got as good of a candidate as we have seen in recent memory to hit the open market by the, by the accounts of not me, a guy local doing D.C. radio, by people all across the NFL who are applauding this and going, Adam Peters is awesome. Good job, Washington. Good job, Washington. Wow, haven't said that one in a while. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. And when we get back, more insight 
not from me, from a guy who's covered Adam Peters up close since 2017 when he got to San Francisco. Nick Wagner of ESPN joins us next.